0: And then we had mediation and kept saying, my wife, my wife. And the mediator oh, how long have you been married? Oh,
1: since last week. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, that's going to make them look better. I don't know. You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids method and the Nacho Kids Academy step family coaching team, Lori and David Sims.
2: David, David, David. What's up? What's up, Buttercup? Do you have an announcement to make yet? I do, I do, I do. So, should we make people wait to the end?
3: No. (laughs) So, for those of you that do not know, we had a member of the Nacho Kids Facebook group make a donation to the Nacho Kids Academy, and David and I decided to match her donation, and we are going to create scholarships.
2: We have created scholarships. We
3: have. We have. I was trying to think of a really cool name to name the scholarships, but I figured if somebody else makes a donation for scholarships, then we just need to make it the person's name. Good idea. Unless they want to be anonymous. Yeah. So Sylvia Crackhour, I hope I said your name right, Sylvia, has donated to the Nacho Kids Academy So every other week starting last week, the 1st of May, we will give out a free one-month scholarship to the Nacho Kids Academy. woo And in December, we'll give one away each week. Sweet. And that will be 20 scholarships Yep. for people that apply. You can apply by sending a video of anything, but with you talking, saying why you deserve the scholarship. And email that to... Contact us at nachokids.com. You can send a Google link or a Dropbox link if the video is too big to send through the email.
2: Don't we have a form, too?
3: We do, but I don't remember the <laughs> form address at this moment.
2: <laughs> or you can just email uh, the email address and say, send me the form address. <laughs>
3: yeah, you can email us at contact us at nachokids.com and say, I need the form. Address Because it's way too long for me to give you. Okay. That being said, our first winner of the Sylvia Krakower Scholarship is Nicole W. Nicole W. Congratulations, Nicole. You wished yourself good luck and look what happened.
2: Yeehaw, brother. Yeehaw. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you in the Academy. We will see you there, girl. Absolutely. All right. You a winner. I don't care what nobody says. You a winner.
3: Winner, winner, chicken dinner.
2: (laughs) We are so enjoying
3: doing this because we know that now is a hard time for a lot of people. And financially, a lot of people cannot afford this. So we thank Sylvia from the bottom of our hearts for donating her hard-earned cash to helping people join the Nacho Kids Academy.
2: Yep. never know the... Marriage or relationship that you save, or sometimes even the life you save, yes,
3: that is true, so David,
2: yes, ma'am.
3: Let's chit chat a little bit.
2: um, it sounds like I'm in trouble.
3: you're always in trouble, <laughs> so what have you done wrong, David?
2: Apparently, everything according to you,
3: <laughs> what
2: <laughs> it all started when I married that woman,
3: <laughs> the ex, <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
2: Of course, we've had this conversation before. We both know that had we run into each other uh, earlier in life, we would not had, um given each other another thought.
3: <laughs> yeah, like, no. I
2: probably was, I probably would have been locking her up anyway.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say that, and then I said, no, I don't want these people to think I'm some kind of
2: hoodlum. You are a hoodlum. I am not a hoodlum. Not anymore. You used to be a hoodlum.
3: I'm still not convinced that you didn't pull
2: me over for speeding one time. I right, hoodlum. What you got to chit-chat about? Stop calling me a hoodlum. You said you were a hoodlum. No, I didn't. You did. You said stop uh, saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said uh, people going to think I'm a hoodlum or something like that. All right, I didn't say I was a hoodlum. I don't know. You made some reference to you being a hoodlum. Okay. I'm just agreeing with you.
3: Lord, y'all, what week are we in of this?
2: R- week 423.
3: Week 423 of the stay-at-home COVID-19 mess.
2: Yeah. I mean I'm even sick of the word COVID nineteen.
3: I'm sick of <laughs>
2: a lot of stuff. Let's have the I'm sick of what podcast opener.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea.
2: No, it's not. Talking <laughs> about focusing on the negative. <laughs> yeah.
3: We're gonna have a whole podcast on how to focus on the negative, folks.
2: Yeah. So we can show you what not to do. Yeah. All right. So what are we chit chatting about?
3: Well, we're gonna chit chat about Mother's Day.
2: Oh gosh. Are you really going to drag me down this hole?
3: Yeah. Mother's Day is coming up (sighs) when this podcast will be released. Mother's Day will be the following Sunday. And I know stepmoms have a really hard time. A lot of stepmoms have a really hard time with Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. Lucky for you, they created a stepmom's day. Mm -hmm. So you have two days that you can be upset. (laughs) Not just one. So spread out that anger that disappointment, and that frustration into two Sundays. (laughs) Don't give it all on one day. (laughs) Now, here's my advice for you. (laughs) If you are not a mother of your own child, do not expect anything on Mother's Day, period. Mm -hmm. If you are a mother of your own child and your child is not old enough to go to the store, then don't expect anything on Mother's Day.
2: Yeah, because the ex is probably not going to buy you something.
3: Well, oh, that's a whole nother ball game, there, David. Because and Some
2: people a, will. a
3: lot of people get mad when the ex buys.
2: Well, yeah. If yeah. I went out to the store and paid $100 for a Mother's Day gift for my ex, you would have been like, what the crap? Yeah. If it had been $5, you'd have been like, what the
3: crap? And yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you did take the kids to get their mom something
2: yeah absolutely i did
3: right mm-hmm. it's not her new things place to have to take the kids to get her something for mother's day because they're not his kids right right so if you don't have kids or you do have kids whatever <laughs> do not create all these grandioso plans of how the day is supposed to be yeah, we can all go, oh, I'd love to get woke up to breakfast in bed and my husband give me, you know, cards and a flower from the bio kid, and a gift certificate to go get my nails done
2: and blah, 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 blah. You can't have your nails done right now. David. Okay.
3: Don't set yourself up for disappointment, people. Mm-hmm. Here's what you do.
2: You have no expectations.
3: You have, number one, no expectations for anybody Mm -hmm. other than, you know, for them not to, like, try to kill you or cuss you out.
2: And then you go on Amazon and you order yourself a gift.
3: Amen. You go on Amazon (laughs) and you order yourself something.
2: I knew she was going with gift.
3: Because you can't really go to the stores right now in most places. If you can, then go to the store. Go shopping. But create your own day. Create your own happiness. (laughs) <laughs>
2: it, if y'all, this is just her way of telling me that she's gonna order her something for Mother's Day. She probably already ordered it.
3: No, you and Jackson's supposed to get me the big George Foreman grill this year.
2: The big George Foreman grill? Yeah. Yeah. I had to take him last year to the store and watch the painful process of him trying to pick out something for his mama. God Lord. Oh Lord. He's so
3: sweet. Anyway. Yeah. So on stepmama's day, don't wake up. And think your stepkids are going to recognize you. (laughs) Don't wake up and think that your husband is going to recognize Stepmother's Day from his kids for you or from him. Because number one, he probably don't even know what Stepmother's Day coming up.
2: There's not a stepdad's day.
3: Which tells us something. It tells me a lot. And I believe I wrote a blog about this because men don't need... Let me rephrase. Most men don't need that recognition like women do.
2: Yeah, they don't also, need bubble bath.
3: Most men don't jump all in and try to parent the step kids
2: Mm-mm.
3: like the stepmom does. Nope. So again, holidays, they stress me out for y'all. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because all you you are going to be in the Facebook group whining and crying about how terrible the day is and nobody recognized you and all that. But so basically we're just saying, look, it's probably going to be that way, so don't set yourself up for failure.
3: But it's not just Mother's Day or Stepmother's Day. It's Easter. Mm-hmm. It's Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Create your own happiness. Get you Amazon Prime. <laughs> Get your Amazon account, make you a wish list, and when holidays start coming up, go in there a week before and buy yourself something.
2: Yeah, and and call Dinner Dash or whatever it's called, Grubhub. Tell them to deliver your breakfast, and then you grab and jump in the bed.
3: <laughs> and birthdays, that's another one. You take care of yourself. Take care of yourself, people. <laughs> Uh, you know, a lot of people will go Yeah, I got a card from him For Mother's Day, but that's it See, they ain't even
2: happy Well, what about this? What if what if I take Jackson To the store and we get you something for Mother's Day Am I also expected The very next week To get you something for Stepmother's Day?
3: I have no expectations
2: Good, because you ain't getting nothing.
3: Don't think I won't text your kids and say <laughs> don't, don't forget Stepmother's Day is coming up <laughs> But see, that is where nachoing has brought me. I can text his kids or send them a Facebook message and go, hey, guess what? Stepmother's Day is coming up. But you know what? Last year, I didn't tell them. And I think two of them told me happy Stepmother's Day.
2: Didn't they? hmm So those were nice surprises. Look, I don't even get happy birthday from them half the time. So if you're getting Stepmother's Day, then great. Yeah. You're doing better than me.
3: <laughs> but here's the thing. Don't put expectations on other people. Don't. Because they're never going to live up to your expectations. If they get you a card and flowers, then you would have wanted chocolate to go with it. Or you would have wanted a gift card to go with it. Now, if you're one of these people that you are just going to be downright miserable when your significant other does not acknowledge you for Mother's Day or Stepmother's Day, you send them an email right now. And you say, Mother's Day is coming up. Well, you might not want to email them because you only got two days from the time you listen to this. Leave them a note. Mother's Day is coming up. These are the things that I want and expect you to get for me. (laughs) Not just the things you want. You have to be specific and say, and I expect you to get these for me. Don't beat around the bush. I
2: want to talk to somebody who does that. My niece. Seriously? Yeah, she would. Remember,
3: she wrote my mama... Thing for what she wanted for her birthday and told my mom if she couldn't have that, she didn't want nothing at
2: all. Yeah, but that's not a step-family thing.
3: But still. I I
2: don't know. You get my point. They're not mind readers. If you wrote me a note like that, I don't know.
3: Well, would you rather me not leave you a note and tell you what to get me and then you get me something and me be unhappy and pouty and moany about it or i
2: think the whole i expect you to do xyz i think i would be like you know what i expect you to do a lot of stuff too and here's your (laughs) note back
3: (laughs) (laughs) well you know what i'm saying you know what i'm getting at
2: yeah i know what you're getting at um yeah yeah they're not mind readers i get it but Or,
3: or give them a list of five things and say pick two
2: I mean, if you, you said, "You know, this is
3: like Panera bread." Pick two.
2: If you said something like, "It would be, it would be nice if I got something for Mother's Day from you," and here are some things that I would find uh, grateful to receive.
3: Okay, so then David- I would,
2: then I would probably be apt to get you some. But you tell me, I expect you to get me okay. something from this list. So David's wanting to sugarcoat it, y'all. I'm not saying sugarcoat. I'm saying be tactful. Okay, apparently I lack that sometimes. Well, I don't always have it either, but come on now. So, I also don't like people tell me what they expect me to do. <laughs> well,
3: when we get through with this <laughs> recording, I'm going to go back and listen to how David worded it, and I'm going to make him a note
2: with those exact words and what I want on the bottom of I it. I already know what you want. You just said it, and that's what you're getting. No, you don't know. You're getting whatever I get you, and that's it. no. No.
3: Because remember y'all got me to George Foreman Grill?
2: Right. And you're getting another one this year.
3: For Last uh, <laughs> Mother's Day. Wasn't it last Mother's Day?
2: I think so. Because you're like... You, I'm you, like, really? You, yeah, exactly. I'm like, your poor kid went out and got you something he thought you would like, and you made fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> Don't even try to lie. You were like, really? A George Foreman Grill? And now well, you use it all a doggone time. Well,
3: look how he did me for <laughs> his know. birthday.
2: Both of y'all crapping each other.
3: But... Here's the thing about the George Foreman grill.
2: I don't like to cook. He Jackson likes me to cook. I think you looked at it as this is his way of telling me to cook. Yes. And then I honestly think you thought it was like a, a practical joke gift and you were waiting on, all right, I know there's a real gift somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do use the George Foreman a lot. It reminds me when I was, I think I was like 18. Um, And your mom bought you those ugly clothes? Yeah, my mom bought me all these just god-awful clothes for Christmas, and I honestly thought they were pranking me (laughs) because, I mean, my family will prank you, especially at Christmas. And so I'm opening up all these clothes, and I'm thinking to myself, this is an awful lot of clothes to be a prank. They are, I mean, they're going all out to prank me on this one. And uh, so we got done opening presents up, and I just kind of sit there, and I was waiting, (laughs) like, all right, where's the real stuff? And it was that was it. It was the gift. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. These are the ugliest clothes I ever seen. In my life. What'd you do with them? I sent them all back. I took every bit of them back. And did you get the money
3: or did your mama do you like you did Branson and not give you anything?
2: No, I got the money. I was 18. Branson oh, okay. was like Six. seven or something. <laughs> He's like, I don't like none of this stuff. So I okay. I took every bit of it back. You got nothing for Christmas this year, son. All right. All right. So you got me in the rabbit hole. Yeah. So if you're a mother,
3: happy Mother's Day from us to you. Mm-hmm. If you're a stepmama, happy early stepmother's day to you.
2: Yep. This is your gift, so don't be asking for no more. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: you can't say nobody told you happy Mother's Day or happy stepmother's day because That's I just right.
2: did. That's right.
3: Now let's talk about who we get ready to talk about.
2: Now I guess I could turn on this podcast and like – Turned up loud enough for their significant other to hear it.
3: Yeah. Okay. David, let's do one part that they can cut this up for their significant other to hear. You ready? Okay. Happy Mother's Day. You're the best mother in the whole wide world.
2: And whatever your significant other gets for you, I'm sure you deserved it.
3: We know you'll love that diamond bracelet, girl. Oh, my.
2: Now you don't went overboard. (laughs) Oh, gosh. You went from a George Foreman grill to a diamond bracelet. (laughs) All right. Let's get off of this. You sitting there talking about people ain't got no money, and COVID this and all that, <laughs> and diamond brace. Look, Good grief.
3: I just thought I was good.
2: Oh, it was good. All right. All right. What are we talking about today? All right.
3: We are talking to a stepmom that's been in two blended relationships.
2: I have nothing to say there. Why? Because <laughs> I just can't imagine I would do it again.
3: She grew up in a blended family too.
2: Ooh. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. don't just don't know.
3: This is a very interesting story. The bio mom has some issues. Mm -hmm. The court system pretty much failed the kid.
2: Mm, That happens.
3: And I don't want to get into too much detail, but I'll share my thoughts on some of this in our
2: ending. What, the court stuff? Yeah. Because you got lots of thoughts about court stuff. I know. I probably shouldn't even address it.
3: (laughs) But I don't want to tell you all about it because you need to hear it. All right, then. All right.
2: We ready to get to listening?
3: Let's get to listening.
2: All right. Happy Mother's Day.
3: Happy Mother's Day. And I think (laughs) Stepmother's Day is the Sunday after. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So next week, we'll say Happy Stepmother's Day again.
2: Yeah. Or maybe on Mother's Day, that's when it gives you the time to drop the hint about Stepmother's Day.
3: Yeah. So on Mother's Day, you just go, oh, you know what? They have a Stepmother's Day, and it's next Sunday. So that gives them a whole week to order you something from Amazon Prime.
2: Yeah. Or to custom make you some jewelry.
3: Or just put <laughs> what you want in the Amazon cart. Cha-ching.
2: <laughs> That's what I do. I stick in the cart.
3: And I just save it for later. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I was like, I put it in there for you to order and not to put it to save for later.
3: Yeah. Well, you know. Okay. Let's get to listening.
2: Anyway. All right. Here we go, folks. Here's a word about the academy. And About if you what? want to, the academy. Hey, and if you want to Where are you from? I don't know. Um He said the Academy, y'all. Yeah. Um You're not Peppy Le Pew. <laughs> sometimes. But if you want to join the Academy He's stinky for free, <laughs> then apply for our scholarship. For free.
3: At contact us at NachoKids.com. For free. Okay, David, that's
2: enough.
1: <laughs> There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com.
3: Today, we have stepmom, Megan. Hey, Megan, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Lori? Doing good. So tell us a little bit about your blend.
0: Well, my current blend, we're about almost three years in. Um, we're not engaged or anything. We're just dating and living together. We moved into our current house a year and a half ago. Um, we, I have a stepdaughter who's going to be 12 in February, and then I have a bio daughter Who's going to about to be ten, and then a little seven year old daughter, bio daughter that just turned seven.
3: Oh, so you got your hands full with girls.
0: Oh yes, boyfriend's very annoyed by that. We had to get boy dogs (laughs) just to kind of even it out a little bit.
3: Yeah, it's funny you said that because David and I, um, you know, David had four boys and I had a boy or have a boy, and um, so we got a girl dog and we call her our her our dogter.
0: <laughs> That's cute.
3: Oh, and she's spoiled rotten, girl too.
0: Oh, mine is too. He's my my baby. We all pretty much have our own animals, and I'm not planning on any more kids, so he's my baby. So I do spoil him.
3: Yeah, you know it's funny though. I think when we got a dog, of course I had already um disengaged for about a year with the kids, and then started reengaging. And but when we got a dog, it's like it was something we all loved. So it was really weird. It's like almost yeah. the dog brought us together.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah. I think that can work. Yeah. You know, family animals like that, but he's more mine. I don't like, not even my bio daughters touch him. My <laughs> baby, <laughs> Leave my dog alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Constantly I'm yelling at. Why are you taking him off the leash? Leave him, beside. son.
3: Yeah. So you said that your current blend, so you were in a previous blend?
0: Yes, I was. Um, it wasn't the greatest relationship for my bio daughters, um, but he had a bio son, it was my stepson, I think he was 14 when we broke up, and then he had two little boys that were the same age as my girls, so when he had all the kids, it was like we had two sets of twins. Oh, wow. It was a lot.
3: What were your struggles in that blend?
0: Um, a high-conflict bio mom with the youngest two. Um, She didn't want to be with dad, but didn't want dad to be with anybody else and kept the boys from him. So it's constant court things. Um, He also was verbally abusive and an alcoholic. So once I came to that realization, it was this is not a good environment for my kids.
3: You realized he was an alcoholic?
0: Mm hmm. Yes, I am.
3: You're the second person that has said that once they were in the relationship, that's when they figured out this person was an alcoholic. In hindsight, did you see signs?
0: I think we just jumped into it too quickly. He moved into, right after, like days after we met, he moved into a condo around the corner from me. Mm -hmm. And so he would go home at night. So I didn't really see it until he moved into the house for about a year and I, mean, I don't think he was really hiding it. I just wasn't paying attention to how much beer he was drinking. Right. Until my, we started going to family functions and people started commenting. Yeah. And, but now, I guess, looking back, I really just was more focused on worrying about all the kids.
3: Right. So it's not like he got teetotally drunk.
0: No, just drinking every day, the 12-pack a day. I mean, that's kind of a lot.
3: Yeah. Well, obviously, he'd built up a tolerance.
0: Yes. Yeah. But how were things? With his, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to talk about the kids.
3: That's what I was getting ready to ask. So go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, the oldest stepson, um, shortly after dad had moved in, we moved him in. I kind of pushed that. He wasn't in a good environment at his home with his stepfather making threats to him. I don't really know the whole situation, but I just felt it would be more stable for him to come live with us.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And Bio Mom didn't really care either way. Uh him and I were really really close. So I think that was the hardest part about the breakup was wondering what's going to happen to him going into his freshman year and you know dad being a drunk. But I did find out he moved back with his mom. Okay. So that makes me feel better. Um the little boys they're just so excited to be back around dad um once we moved in together they were. We had more of a set visitation plan because all the court and everything, and so they were just happy to be around him. So there wasn't really a whole big relationship between me and them. So you
3: didn't really have issues with the step kids. It was with the husband or the boyfriend.
0: Yes, correct. His well, the step kid, the oldest one, he hit the teen years and started getting you know attitudey and trying to bulk up and I don't have to do that. And but he wasn't a pain in the butt because we were good friends,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but I wasn't trying to be a mom to him either at all. Right. So I think that's the difference is he had a mom that was active in his life and I didn't need to step in to play any kind of role besides, Hey, yeah, I could pick you up from football.
3: Right. The cool aunt.
0: Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize at that time that I was not doing and had no clue, never heard of it,
4: mm-hmm. but it
0: was very successful in that relationship. Just The guy, the dad, was not a good partner.
4: Yeah.
3: And that happens.
0: Mm -hmm. But you live and you learn.
3: Exactly. So let's talk about your current relationship. You've been together, you said, almost three years.
0: Oh Yes, almost three years. Um, We're great. Our families don't interact, really. We try to keep that separate. They're just different kinds of people. Um, He was raised completely different than me, total country, redneck hog hunting and all that. I've never shot a gun in my life. <laughs> I'm from California in the city, total girly girl, and he's changed me and I love going and experiencing new doors. I hated camping. That is one of my favorite things now. And my girls had never been exposed to things like that. And they love camping. Um the two of them my two bio daughters are best friends. They've been together their whole lives, never separated. Um stepdaughter has a half-sister who's much younger than her, but she doesn't get to see her now. And so I think that's causing a lot of issues. And her mom is definitely a basket case, comes in and out, and she's now on the outskirts um, due to her own personal issues and failing drug tests. So stepdaughter's having a hard time with that. And you know, then at her age, in the teen years as well, she's starting to kind of act out. So what
3: visitation do you have with her or does your husband, boyfriend, sorry, have with her?
0: Well, yeah, we have her full time, 100% of the time.
3: Because mom can't pass a drug test.
0: Well, mom left out when she was five years old, just walked out the door and didn't come back and then kept trying to pop in here and there. And when I came into the picture, um, they were not following any kind of court order. He was allowing stepdaughter to go with her on weekends and stuff. And then I started finding out more about mom saying, okay, well, she doesn't have a driver's license. She has all these drug charges. She's not allowed to legally drive. She doesn't has all these seatbelt charges, you know, all these, all this criminal history. Why are you allowing your daughter to go over there? Mm-hmm. I didn't understand. There's still a lot of things I don't understand about how his mom works. But, um, we went to court because she kept coming to the house and making threats and being crazy. So I told him, we need, you need to go to court. You need to get that court order. figured out so that you guys can have a set plan. So she's safe. Bio mom was putting her in a lot of scary situations and exposing her to things that at 10 years old, she didn't need to know about. Right. So we ended up going back to court. The funny thing is, when we went to go get a copy of the court order so I could figure out what's going on because he has no idea about anything with court stuff, it had been five years and the court order had never been finalized signed by the judge.
3: How did that happen?
0: It got lost in paperwork at the at the courthouse. They never got around to getting it to the judge.
3: Did he have an attorney? Yep. Hmm. Okay.
0: She was supposedly the best around here, and we even used her again the second time, and it. I did most of the legwork for him, and he said, well, I don't know what I even paid her for other than to sit there in court that one time, but I don't know either. The $5,000 was a lot when I did all the work.
3: Yeah. Did you make sure that the papers were filed with the court this time and signed by the
4: judge?
0: Oh, yeah. I Now that I was on top of it and involved, yes, everything was done. Child support's even taken care of now. He is owed back pay from her from the original date, which was over five years ago now. wow! But I'll, all that paperwork is now squared away. It took some time, but we got it squared away. She got set visitations. They started um, the weekend after July 4th and the judge had ordered her to take a drug test with the holiday and the place that she was supposed to have the drug test done is going to be the same place as the supervised visits were happening. Mm-hmm. And the lady said, well, I can't do it before the scheduled visit, but we'll do it on Tuesday. We all said it was fine. Because she really looked clean and sober in court. There were some things that I questioned, but I was trying to have faith. Um, We got, it was such a weird thing how the visitation is going to go. It's done in chunks of three months that leads up to her getting her first, third, and fifth weekends overnight. But a lot of it is supervised. Okay. But she's allowed a little bit more unsupervised each time. So we went in October when the attorney finally got everything done and all the writing to go get it signed off. Well, Biomom, first of all, did not appear in court. Two days before court, we found out that she had done that drug test and failed it, and the supervisor of the facility was withholding the information and allowing visits to continue. And then the judge had also given us permission to request the drug test two times a year from Biomom, and Biomom refused to do it. So when we went to go get the final order signed, she already had two failed drug tests to get part.
3: Okay, wait a minute. The place that she took the drug test did hid that information. Correct. Did they not get in trouble for that?
0: No, I was really his attorney. wasn't worried about that and didn't bring that up when we went to get the paper signed. But it's that's the court orders. Like that's the place the court orders all visitations to go to. So it was very surprising to me that that wasn't brought up.
3: Yeah, I would think that it would be imperative that the judge knows that, considering that's where people go for their supervised visitation.
0: I agree. I also believe that we didn't have a fair judge. Um, she was new, a new judge, first of all. Second of all, once BioMom brought up her sobriety, the judge completely changed her demeanor and everything She started talking about her own personal life and how her son's a recovering addict. And I know it's so hard. I'm so proud of you for being sober. Gave her pamphlets um, about free uh, meetings that she can go to and stuff. It just totally seemed inappropriate in the middle of our custody court hearing. Yeah. And then told her, if you go do counseling for six months, then come back here and we'll revise this. So you can start getting your overnight.
3: But BM couldn't even keep up that part of the deal.
0: She couldn't even pass the first drug test.
3: Let's talk about the court system for a minute because this is something that drives me crazy. Okay. You might as well just throw your money to the wind because you never know what's going to happen. It depends on the judge. It depends on your attorney too, but more so the judge's personal experience. And you saw that. All of a sudden, that judge had compassion for her that she wouldn't have had if she hadn't had a son that had been an addict. Right. So if, just say, for example, if that judge would have had somebody that they were killed by driving, an addict driving or something like that, she would have had a completely different viewpoint on that.
0: Right, because that's not something she can relate to, I guess. And see, that's what makes me mad, because it's
3: not black and white. It never is. Right. It's a bunch of gray areas, and it's based off the judge's own um, personal opinions of the people that are involved in the case, even their personal opinions of the attorneys that you pay a fortune to have represent you, which is a whole other story. And mm-hmm. I mean, they're playing with your life, and it, it just it makes no sense to me. That judge should not have sat there and discussed that with her. If she wanted to talk to her about that, she could have done it after your hearing.
0: Yes, absolutely, And I understand that you know, okay, okay, you relate, but I listened probably more closely than anybody else because I know biomom lies and manipulates. Mm-hmm. There was holes in her story when the judge asked her sobriety date. She stumbled, and not just about a date. She kept changing the month and the year of her sobriety date. Nobody seemed to catch that besides me. My boyfriend didn't even catch that.
3: See, that's something else. You would think that the judges would pay attention and catch those things.
0: Well, I had printed out her whole criminal history. The judge did not look at anything that we, any evidence we put up there. The threatening text messages, nothing. They did not look at our pile of anything. Because she says that now she was sober and all that was before when she was not.
3: And it went off her word that she was sober. Yes, ma'am. Oh, that just makes me sick. And it
0: turns out she even wasn't.
3: I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't um I don't feel like the court system takes enough time to like look at your evidence that you had. Yeah, it might have been quote quote in the past, but unless there was a clean test right there in front of them, that judge didn't know if she'd done something before she came in there. Exactly. And you would think that these judges, even with just a few years' experience, would realize that these people come in there and lie. You can't trust everybody and what they tell you.
0: Yes, and then their decision, it affects a child. Right. Because what if they didn't order the drug test because she said she was sober and they just said, all right, we'll go ahead and start doing first, third, and fifth weekends overnight. And then my stepdaughter's put back in the same situation. And right. she's older now and knows what you know drugs are and what her mom's doing and those kinds of things. That's completely traumatizing to her on top of the trauma she's already been through.
3: Right. You know, a good example, we had two different judges um, throughout the years. Well, actually, probably more than that. I think four Um, I seem to live in the courthouse the first eight years of my son's life. But we had one judge that agreed that my son's father and I, neither one could have people spend the night, you know, when we had Jackson. And, Mm -hmm.
4: you know, that was fine
3: with me. Well, it wasn't with his dad. So when we went back to court the second time, he wanted that removed from the papers. Well, the judge then said, y'all weren't even married when y'all were living together. So I don't see any sense in having this in there. So he removed it. Again, personal opinion. But does that mean that it was best for my son to see a variety of girls spend the night over there? No. It doesn't matter if we were married or not. A kid wasn't involved when we were together because we split up before Jackson was born. So, it's again, it's one of those, well, let's just see what happens, what the judge feels like. Yeah, it just drives me nuts. It's
0: a very scary thing.
3: It is. Okay, sorry, I get off on that tangent. I could get off on the tangent <laughs> of how much it costs for attorneys to go to court, too, but that's a whole other subject. Because um, I really feel like, I'm, i i got to say this, I really feel like that if I've got an issue with my court papers, whether his dad's in contempt or something has changed, I should be able to go file the paperwork without having to retain an attorney.
0: Oh, see, we're allowed to do that.
3: Well, You can do that here, but it's advised that you don't because, of course, the other person will get an attorney, and depending on the judge, one judge may be lenient with you for the fact you don't have an attorney, and another judge may have zero patience with you because you don't know the law as far as courtroom etiquette even.
0: Well, that's another thing. Maybe that's why bio mom had leniency because she didn't have an attorney either. Yeah. Yeah. Because she came in there, woe
3: is me. I can't afford an attorney. These people are trying to take my kid and I'm sober. Yeah. And now you could have filed an appeal, but that cost a fortune.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, his attorney wasn't worth nothing this time. Now he's realizing that. So if we do go to file, well, we're not, we don't have to do anything now because visitation stops. But in a year when she tries to, you know, reopen all this, we're definitely getting someone else.
3: Yeah. See, that's frustrating, too, because you pay for quality.
0: Yes, and she wasn't cheap.
3: Honey, I had not met one that is. <laughs> that is for sure. I actually thought about going back to school to be an attorney because I feel like that I've already passed the first two years of school just from the, what I've experienced. Oh, I feel that way, too. So, visitation has stopped. Mm-hmm. Is that court-ordered that it stopped? Yes. Yeah. Okay, because she didn't meet the criteria.
0: Yeah, the same day we went and got the final order signed, we had the evidence of her failing the drug test and refusing to take it. So the judge signed off, the visitation stopped.
3: Was it the same judge? Yes. Oh, shooky, shooky.
0: <laughs> we had a lot of comments when we were walking down there.
3: Oh, I'm sure.
0: And we didn't even finish, or the attorney didn't even finish explaining the whole situation. She just said she failed, you know, the drug test and refused to take it. So, and the judge was already signing off on stopping visitation before the attorney finished asking.
3: Well, you know, maybe that judge will look at the next person and be a little hesitant to go, oh, well, you know, you get weekends or overnights, the first, third, and fifth weeks of the month or whatever it is. I hope so. Yeah. When was the last time that stepdaughter saw her mom?
0: In, oh, she didn't see her in October. Uh, the end of September.
3: And she has no contact with her,
0: none at all. And see, we're struggling with that with her because, like, in the court order with my oldest bio daughter, she's required to face to FaceTime with her dad on Wednesdays, and then two other phone calls throughout the week. It's a totally different situation. She calls him whenever she wants, or he calls her. It's not. There's no high conflict there, um, and there's nothing like. But my court order is out of California. Mm-hmm. And in stepdaughter's court order here in Texas, there's nothing saying about phone calls. It was only supervised visitation. So we took it as it, that's all that is allowed at this time
4: mm-hmm.
0: until she reaches the end of the program or the order and she gets to have her overnight. That's how we perceived it. At the same time, we don't have a phone number for her. She has calls from all these fake numbers um, and stepdaughter is not allowed to have any social media because while the court order was going on, she did have social media and her mom kept contacting her that way. And I understand she wants to talk to her mom. And it's a whole completely heartbreaking situation for me to sit here and just watch happen. And it's really hard for me to not show a lot of it because I feel for her. Right. But dad's already doing the guilty parenting. So I can't do that too. But a lot of other situations have come up and I feel it's Mostly her acting out because she doesn't get to see her mom anymore. That she needs to, you know, go back to counseling and learn more positive ways to deal with these emotions. My boyfriend and I were talking about this last night about me doing this podcast. He doesn't really understand what it even is. Mm -hmm. He's not into social media or anything like that. So I was trying to explain it to him, and then we got to talking about the different ways our kids are. Her stepdaughter. She knows her mom. Her mom was in her life for five years and then has been in and out, in and out since. Mm-hmm. And she's got to be 12. My nine-year-old her, did not meet her dad until she was five. So she, she didn't have him in the beginning. And then he doesn't live here. So she sees him now it's three times a year. But she didn't really have a connection with him. And he's the fun uncle because he just spoils her. That's his only kid. Right. And then my youngest, she's never known her biological dad. So we're trying. I was trying to explain to him how the different with the older two. How it's not as hard on my bio daughter not seeing her dad all the time because she's never really known him. Right. Even her phone conversations with him are like two minutes long. She don't have anything to talk to him about. Mm-hmm. So with stepdaughter, it's much harder on her going through all of this emotionally, plus the age that she's at and everything else because her mom's been in and out, in and out, and now it's not. Us deciding, like, no, your mom's not in a good place. She can't come around. It's the court saying no. And that's the way that it has to be until the courts say otherwise.
3: Right. But a lot of times the kids will still think that it's because of you that the courts ruled that way. Like, if you wouldn't have went to court, my mom wouldn't have been told she can't contact me.
0: Yes, we do get blamed for a lot of it. Before I came into the picture, everybody around stepdaughter had always talked to her. I think way too much about things that were going on. So she's never been sheltered from any of it. Mm
4: -hmm. She's
0: always known her mom's been an addict. She knows that her mom's been in and out of rehab, all of it. And I think that that's probably why she is a lot more mature than other kids her age. But since I've been in the picture, I've been trying to, okay, well, we don't need to tell her that part of it. We don't need to tell her that part. We can leave that out. And so when it happened that she failed the drug test, we waited on telling her for a, a little, we had probably three visits she had missed at that point, And we just made excuses
4: because
0: mm-hmm. we didn't want to break her heart. Right. We knew we were going to have to tell her, but we didn't really, we just didn't know how to do it. So she, one day he had picked her up from school and she was just bugging him and bugging him and bugging him. And I had got home and he's like, she keeps asking me, I don't know what to say. I said, well, why don't you go get the court order then so she can see what it says and then we can explain it. Mm-hmm. Well, I should have known better because he has no filter and I should have sent him to go get the court order, but I went to go get it. And by the time I came back, he had already told her. <laughs> so she's bawling her eyes out. He, <laughs> he has no filter. He doesn't have any empathy or sympathy. I don't know which one it is, but he just bluntly is like, your mom messed up. She bailed the court, the drug test. and." now the court's cut off visits I'm sitting there we could have eased into this a little bit better I mean now she's over here bawling her eyes out mm-hmm. like it's sad
3: it is sad so
0: we, t- we talked to her about it inside and now I think that it's been well honestly she was really upset and crying and then 20 minutes later she's back on her PlayStation laughing with her friends right so I feel like she's kind of used to it which is even more sad
3: is she in any type of counseling or anything?
0: She was, and then her mom cut off the insurance. That's a, a whole other thing. But her mom had cut the insurance, so we just got that squared away. So he is literally calling today to make an appointment for her because there's been a lot going on, and I feel she needs a more positive way to be expressing things. Mm-hmm. And someone to talk to that, you know, I mean, she tried to talk to Dad, and Dad just, well, your mom's a drug addict. I don't want to tell you kind of thing. And she, you can't just sit and say negative things about the other parent. That's going to be their parent for the rest of their lives. You can't change it.
3: Right. But unfortunately, it's not saying negative things. It's saying the truth.
0: I, I agree. But I think you could say things in like a more beat around the bush. Like I just when I have conversations with her, it's, hey, your mom's not in a good place right now. When she gets back on track. You know, we'll figure it out and you'll be able to start seeing her again. Instead of sitting there saying, well, your mom's a drug addict. I don't know what to tell you. No, I can't fix her. I just feel that there's nicer ways you can say it because the kid's are already so hurt from everything that's gone on.
3: Right. I see your point. I do see your point. But at the same time, part of me feels like that stepdaughter needs to know that her mom is a drug addict.
0: She's very aware of it. She's known her whole life. Like I said, everyone around her has always been very open too open with her, but her mom's also put her in situations that people have had to be too open with her.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You can't change it. She knew that she was a drug addict before your husband came out and said it or your significant other.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. She's known her whole life.
3: Yeah, but he, he could have had a little more tact about it.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I wasn't even gone for two minutes. I knew exactly where the papers were and I come back and she's bawling. I said, what happened? He said, I told her. I was like, oh, man.
3: Yeah, you're like, oh, man, why did you do
4: that?
0: But she seemed okay, and she hasn't even asked about her mom that I've heard of since. Um, I'm back to pretty much 100% not showing right now. I was getting back in. We were in a good place, and then things started happening, so I, I've stepped back currently. Um, but it's not like it was before. There Before, there was a lot of tension in the house. And, you know, mean looks and all of that, and it's not that like that. We still, you know, say hi and have little conversations, but we're back to not really interacting a whole lot right now.
4: Well,
3: and that's the point that we try to tell people, too, is the whole blend and nachoing is fluid. You may not need to nacho her for six months, but then all of a sudden she starts acting out and taking advantage of you and being disrespectful and everything. Then you know what? Go back to nacho.
0: Mhm, and I do go back and forth with it. Mhm, and like disrespect—that is the issue between her and I. She has absolutely no respect for me. But I've noticed it's not just me; it's everybody, every adult in her life. Unless she wants something, she's real good at manipulating. I've learned some things from her, especially with dad, so that I could get. Oh well, you know. <laughs> Just trying to use her little skills and little tricks. But I, I see it, and he doesn't so much. Right. So we do sometimes bicker about that. I'm saying, mm, you know what she was really saying or really doing when this was, you know, this is what she was really asking you. It's because right. she's really meaning this. So his eyes have opened.
3: Okay, so his eyes did open from you pointing that out?
0: It took a long while. Because a long time, you just kept saying, why are you always picking on her? Why are you always picking on her? And I said, it's not that I'm picking on her. I'm letting you know. Because I was a teenager. I had a baby young. I did that. She's doing all the same little things I did, trying to go to the mall. Oh, I'm going to go spend the night over here, you know, wearing certain clothes. I did all of that. And I'm promising you, she continues down this path and you allowing her to have all this freedom. She's going to start messing up Mm -hmm. and the mess ups could be big. And it took something big happening for him to be like, you were really looking out for her. You don't hate her because that's what he would always say. You just hate her. I don't. I love her.
4: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm being trying to be a parent to her like you asked because she doesn't have her mom here, but you can't get mad at me for being a parent. So it took quite, it probably took a little over two years for me to figure out where my role was and where she needed motherly help and where he needed help in that way. Like her hitting that age where she becomes a woman, that's not something he knows how to deal with.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: And he expected me to. Well, at that time, her and I weren't in a good place at all. We weren't talking. We wouldn't even be in the same room. And I said, you can't just expect that of me You can ask. You could have a conversation with her. And if she feels comfortable, I'll absolutely talk to her. But I'm not going to force myself into that uncomfortable situation. For her, like, that's uncomfortable. We're not good friends. I'm not her mom.
3: Right. So did um, he talk to her and she talked to you about it or?
0: No, (laughs) actually. She was over at her best friend's house and her best friend had already been through it. And she pretty much lives over there on the weekends so she's like another daughter over there. So I went and bought her, you know, all the stuff that she needed for our house and just put it in her room and the mom over there talked to her, her friend's mom talked to her about everything. So we never had to have that conversation, which I'm dreading having with my own kids, so I don't know how I would have it with her. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> just I it just makes me uncomfortable. I'm not ready for that. But she got home and, you know, came out and said, thanks for buying the stuff. And that was pretty much the end of that conversation. Huh.
3: If you were bio mom, though, and the neighbor's or the friend's mom told her about it, that would have made you livid.
0: Oh, yes. But, no, actually, I don't know. Because I don't know. I mean, my kid's only nine. I don't know how I'm going to have that whole conversation. I took her to the doctor not too long ago. And the doctor had asked, you know, how she started her men's, and I'm like, no, stop talking. She mm-hmm. doesn't even know what that is. We're not there
3: yet. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, even though you're uncomfortable with it, you don't want Susie Joe's mom down the road telling her about it.
0: Probably not, but if stepdaughter and I had been where we are, I mean, even now, then it would have been different. But I don't have any kind of feelings. Like, I'm not upset about it. I don't feel angry that I wasn't the one talking to her. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. her to be comfortable in that. Yeah. And that's where she was comfortable. She Her grandma tried to talk to her. She wasn't comfortable with that. And that's what was important to me because that is a sensitive thing. I wanted her to be comfortable about it. And her dad had told her, you know, if you want to talk about anything, Megan's here. She chose not to come to me. That's fine.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't
0: want to force my way into that with her.
3: Right. Yeah, I was just pointing out the difference of... If she was biologically your daughter, you probably wouldn't think too kindly of somebody else explaining that stuff to her.
0: Probably. But luckily, I'm not going to have to deal with that. But I mean, if it's a stepmom, I'd be thankful because my oldest daughter, her dad just got married last year. I would be appreciative, you know, if she's there, she has that conversation and then, you know, talks to me rather than she's like, nope, sorry, not my problem. Right.
3: Right. Whereas a lot of bio moms would be the opposite and be like, no, that's my kid. I need to talk to her about it. You know, that's not your place.
0: Well, her dad's states away. So, I mean, I don't expect my daughter to call me from the bathroom and be like, mom, something's <laughs> happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and when she gets closer to the age, you know, that I need to have a conversation, you know, prior, I will. But I'm just saying that if she's over with her visit with her dad for six weeks, I would hope that her stepmom, would talk to her about it.
3: Do you have a relationship with the stepmom?
0: Barely. We're barely getting there. There's a lot of resentment um, for me towards her dad about a lot of things he had done and manipulated our daughter and stuff. So we're just barely getting back to where I'm even speaking to him. But when I send you know, Halloween pictures or school pictures, I do send it to both of them. I have had to call her about certain things because he's in the military. And, you know, he's deployed. And I can't reach him. And we're cordial, but we don't sit and have a conversation. I don't think we're at that point yet. Right. But I don't think that she's mean either. So I think we could get there. One of us just has to make a little bit of effort.
3: So when your daughter goes to visit, she's gone for six weeks at a time?
0: Only in the summer. It's the first weeks, uh, six weeks of summer. And then Depending on the year, it's either the first half of Christmas break or the second half, and then she goes for spring break.
3: Now, how does she feel about that? Because, I, I mean, it's, she didn't meet him till she was five, right? hmm So she's only had four years to get to know him, and it's only these time frames. So you're looking at, what, eight weeks a year?
0: It was way less than that. This just started this um, past year, we went back to court. And I think it was more because of stepmom pushing him. So when the first court order was done, um, they ordered the child support and all that. And it was six weeks consecutive or non-consecutive throughout the year because he's in the military Mm -hmm. and he was to come to Texas for the visit. And at that point I wasn't in, or I I was, I was with that um, ex-boyfriend, but him, bio dad and I are in such a good place. You know, we've been friends for 15 years that, yeah, come stay at my house. That's fine. And what, you know, don't go get a hotel, you know, just run a car so you could, you know, go hang out with her cause I work. but we were good friends. And then even after the ex and I had broke up, I still, yeah, come to my house. You can stay here. You know, he goes and stays with my mom, even his dad that lives out here, grandpa comes up and mm-hmm. he stays at my parents' house. It's a completely different situation than with stepdaughter in that side. Right. With, and my boyfriend can't wrap his head around all this.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, it's understandable because he hasn't experienced that side of it.
0: Mm-hmm. But it can be good. Oh, yeah. It can be. It doesn't have to be bad blending, you know, having stepfamilies and bio dads and bio mom. It doesn't have to be bad. It can be good.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It definitely can be. But your daughter has no reservations about going, like, when she's getting ready to go for the week at Christmas, she's not like, I don't want to go, or?
0: She, oh, all visits were out here first um, for quite a while. He wasn't even using the six weeks that he was being allowed, Um, but he did come, and she was fine, and the first time that she had to fly to go visit him, she was nervous, but she was excited because she wanted to go on a plane. Mm -hmm. And they were going to be going to Disney world and universal studios. So she had all these things to look forward to. So I don't think she was really nervous. Um, but she was only going for a week at a time. So when the courts changed for her to have six weeks at the beginning of summer, the summer was the first time she was definitely freaked out. I put her in counseling because she just started acting different. She's a very like quiet, polite little girl. And she just, was being, you know, aggressive, like verbally to her sister, mm-hmm. just being rude to her and disrespectful. And I put her in counseling to figure out what was going on. And it was, she was nervous about going. And then the way it was supposed to be, she wasn't even going to be spending time with her dad because he was in, I don't know, some kind of military schooling. But at first, the first week she was going to be with grandma who she knows. And then the second week with her aunt, who she knows. And then the next two weeks, she was going to fly with the step grandparents that she's only met one time. That she said were not nice to her. They made rude comments about her clothing and stuff. Um, and then the last week with her dad. I told her dad, "There's no reason for her to go. The visitation's for you, not for everybody else except you." Right. So we made, you know, some different arrangements, and so that made her feel more comfortable. That her grandma, that she knew, Dad's mom, was going to be there longer and then more time with Dad, not being moved around all these different places.
3: Yeah, it's almost like they were trying to make accommodations for her to be able to stay that six weeks and it wasn't, like you said, to see
0: Dad. Yeah. And I, you know, I understand he was in the schooling and I offered, well, instead of doing it in June, do you want to do it to July when you'll be available? And he said, well, I'm not going to have childcare. I said, well, this gives you more time, you know, the military, I know they have daycare on base and stuff like that. You don't know, give you more time to figure it out. And he didn't want to. So they just made their own arrangements and she was much better about it. Um, this is the first year she's going to go for New Year's. So she's really excited to be home for Christmas this year because last year she was gone. But she is talking about, we talked about it Monday, actually. Um She said she has wants to join one of these enrichment classes at school. And one of them's a stress educational something. And I said, what, what are you stressed about? What in your life at nine years old what are you stressed about, girlfriend? Like, talk to me. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, it's home stuff, but it's not in our home. It's that daddy's home. And I said, well, what stresses you out about there? And she said, just going. And every time he seems like he's trying to get information for that thing with the, with the J word, what? And I said, for the judge? And she said, yeah, for that person. He's always trying to ask me questions. It just makes me feel weird.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And you can't say anything to Biodad about it because then he's liable to turn around and say, why are you telling your mama that I'm asking you questions?
0: Mm -hmm. And that has happened. That has absolutely happened. But I mean, this whole court visitation change, I mean, it's been the same for years. He had manipulated her and asked her a bunch of questions and all that. And so then I got served the court papers and she's freaking out thinking, you know, I'm going to have to go live with my dad. I said, baby, that's never going to happen. Like, you don't need to worry about that. You know, when you go, go and have fun. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the time. Don't worry. But I have her in counseling now to work on how, just enjoy your time. Don't stress about, you know, adult things. And I don't talk to her about it.
3: Yeah, it's hard though if she feels like dad's questioning her.
0: Right. But like you said, what am I supposed to say to him? I can't.
3: No, you can't say anything to him. But I'm wondering, though, like, has the counselor given any suggestions as to how she can handle that? If he starts asking questions and not be disrespectful to him to kind of say, um, I'd rather not answer that or that's just something that I don't want to talk about.
0: That I'm unsure of. I have my meeting with the counselor in two weeks to get an update right before she goes of where she's at, what's going on and what I can be prepping her for. I mean, we do have like a code word when someone's listening or she's feeling uncomfortable or she can't answer. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: We have set that up because he is sneaky sometimes. (laughs) Um, But I don't want her to feel like she can't talk about things or she can't say something because someone's going to be upset. That's not how it should be. I don't want her to be scared to talk. Mm Mm-hmm. And I yeah. feel over there that she is. It's just different. Right. But I think she handles it fairly well.
3: Yeah. And it's sad, though, because she doesn't have that relationship with him. And then if she goes out there and that's all he's doing, which I'm sure that's not all he's doing. But if he's asking right. her questions all the time, then to her, yeah, that's all he's doing.
0: There's certain times I can tell he's up to something. And right now he is. And... I went to drop them off, or pick them up from school or something the other day in the office. In the office, people told me, oh, you know, he called again asking questions and she heard that. And I think that that's where now she's you know, nervous about going because it's so, you know, she's going in just a couple weeks and now she's aware that he's asking questions. So she needs to, or she's feeling worried about what's he going to ask me now.
3: What kind of questions do you know?
0: I think in his crazy mind, well, probably stepmom's mind, they think that they can just keep going back to court every year and trying to get custody of her. They went from, you know, the little bit that he had that he wasn't using to last year going and trying to get full custody.
4: Oh, wow. that they
0: were going to, yeah, just completely outrageous. (laughs) But I think it's more her, and now um, she's pregnant, and so I feel that was one of the things the judge had, you know, the mediator had said, "Well, she has siblings over here at mom's house. She didn't have anybody over there." But it wasn't that wasn't the deciding factor. Mm-hmm. But I think in his mind, oh well, if we have a baby, that'll look better for us because they got married two days before we had court, and then we had mediation, and he kept saying, "My wife, my wife." And the mediator said, "Oh, how long have you been married?" "Oh, since last week." <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's going to make them look better? I don't know. So having a baby's going to make their Life looks better. I don't know. But when he starts calling the school, he's up to something. But I just don't want her to, like, be worried about going. Like, don't be fearful of it. Go. Have fun. Make your memories. Let me worry about the adult stuff. Mm -hmm. I try very hard to not talk about it where she can hear. But I also don't listen to her conversations with her dad. So I don't know what kind of conversations he's having with her. Right. But I don't want her to worry, but she's nine years old. She shouldn't be worried about that.
3: Why does he want her? Do you think that he wants to get her full-time because the stepmom is pushing for it or oh, yeah. to hurt you?
0: Not to hurt me because the stepmom is pushing it. 100%. Yeah, 150%. When we first got the court order done originally, um, when she was four, we were living in California. And I told him, I said, I'm moving to Texas like in three weeks, I'm going. And he had, so he denied having her or being her father and kept like escaping, getting the DNA test done and escaping child support. And he'd send military paperwork saying he was deployed a couple of days before every court hearing. This went on for four years. Then I contacted his mom because the attorney general's office couldn't get a hold of him. And so I went and met with her and, you know, my kids met her. Then the whole court things happened. And it all got approved. And I told him, I said, I'm moving to Texas in a couple of weeks. Like this has been the plan. This is what's happening. And he's like, okay, cool. Not a big deal. Then his mom found out and she went and hired an attorney and signed all the paperwork. Cause she had power of attorney for him trying to stop me from moving. Wow. He had no clue. He was in Japan. He had never even met my daughter at this point.
3: See, that's crazy, too.
0: <laughs> it was crazy. Her, mom, her grandma, she only met her like twice for a couple hours each time. And it's so weird because she's a really nice lady. I mean, I've known her the whole time. I've known him. I lived with them. Mm-hmm. She's a real nice lady. And she treats my youngest bio daughter like, you know, she's one of the grandkids, too. Every time she sends a card or a present, she sends one for the other one, too. Birthday, she sends one for my other one, too. So it's really interesting that it started off all this. Horribly bad, yeah situation. But grandma has stepped back, and now I feel that it's stepmom pushing him because he did not fight me about anything. We don't have any issues because he's not really that involved, right? And that seemed to be okay with him for years until then he got a girlfriend, then he got engaged, then the girlfriend met my daughter, and then now he's like trying to be more involved and be more active. Which is good, but I want your intentions to be good.
3: Right, not because stepmom is pushing for it.
0: Right, I want you to want to have the relationship with your daughter.
3: So I guess the um, mother-in-law, or whatever we want to call her, trying to stop you from moving to Texas was unsuccessful.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. She At the very end, the attorney was like, well, can I ask about grandparents' rights? And the judge said, what grandparents write, she spent six hours with the kid in her whole entire life. There's no grounds for any of that. We're done.
3: Sounds like a better judge than the first one.
0: Yeah, well, it was also out of a, a different state. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that's a bit much. I could understand wanting to build a relationship with her and doing so slowly every time. But I do think it's awesome that the grandmother sends gifts to your other daughter.
0: Absolutely. I love that. I think that's super sweet. Um. I mean, I talked to her. It's been a couple years. We've gotten past how everything went down in the beginning. Um, But even like with his dad, Grandpa said, I mean, he lives down here in Texas, I mean, hours away, but he always comes up and we'll visit with her and he'll stay in a hotel or go by my mom's and have coffee over there, take bio daughter to go and do stuff and drop her back off at my house and we sit out and talk. We have dinner. It's great. I just wish that her dad and I's relationship could be that way. Right. That it can be so cool.
3: It may get there, but not with stepmom feeding him all this crap. If you need to get her, you need to get her.
0: And I really believe that that's what she's doing. Um, but again, I don't really have a real relationship with her at all to know. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling I'm going to find out pretty soon here.
3: Yeah. Well, um, let me ask you something with your significant other now. Does he parent your kids?
0: Um, I guess kind of. I don't think he's the best parenter. Mm-hmm. He's a great, fun friend to everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're really working on. Um, my kids will even say he doesn't say no. He doesn't say no to anybody for anything. And that's not just with kids. That's his friends. You know, people asking him favors, whoever. He doesn't say no. He has the biggest heart. That being said, he doesn't discipline mine at all, no. Very rarely will he say anything to them. He's just done all the time with them. And my youngest is calling him dad now, which just melts his heart. Oh. And kind of melts mine too. But um, my oldest one, she didn't... Really quiet and keeps to herself, you know, reads a lot of books and stuff. Shouldn't really do anything that she needs any kind of discipline.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: My youngest, on the other hand, she is a spitfire and not so much discipline, but like, hey, we need to calm it down. Mm-hmm. We need to use inner voices, more of that kinds of things. They're not getting really into trouble, I guess. But, you I mean, he picks them up from school sometimes, but not real like parenting, parenting, I guess.
3: Well, it's really good, though, that, well, I think it is, that it's not like he doesn't parent his own kid but wants to turn around and parent yours.
0: Yes, I'm very lucky, and I have heard that a lot, that the guilty parent won't parent their own, but they have no problem parenting anyone else's. He didn't really get into my business with that.
3: Right, and that's good. I do. I think that's really good because if not, then your daughters would be like, why does he make us do this and he doesn't make her do this? And why is he, you know, fuss at us all the time and he never fusses at her? So you're avoiding all that.
0: Yes, but they do ask me that. How come you make us do chores and she doesn't have to?
3: And your response is?
0: Finally. Now, I don't know. You need to go ask her dad because I'm not her mom. Because I was tired of making excuses once I started learning this whole macho thing. It was, well, oh, go ask her dad that.
3: hmm yeah or s- simply I'm not her mom. I don't decide how to parent her.
0: Those are my two go to things Mhm. I'm not her mother, I'm your mother, and I'm trying to raise productive children that are growing and grow up to be productive people in life and I don't know why don't you ask her dad? Those are my two comments right because before there was a lot of I was making a lot of excuses of, oh, you know, her dad just forgets things or It's something, Mm -hmm. and it was fine. I'm I'm tired of beating around the bush. They see what's going on. I mean, they ask, our morning car ride conversations are just hysterical, but it's a lot of, well, how come things are different? And it's, well, there's two different parents in the house. Mm -hmm. Not everybody parents the same way.
3: Right. And it's no different than if your neighbor doesn't make their kid do chores. Mm -hmm. The only difference is, is you're in a relationship with the parent. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people try really hard to fight to not be separated. You know, it's, oh, well, we've got to blend. We've got to um, be uh, one family. And once you quit trying to fight that stuff, life gets so much easier.
0: Absolutely. And that's what I've learned, especially over the past probably eight or nine months. It's just a whole different vibe in the house. Mm -hmm. There's not the fighting. There's not even a fighting between the kids.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. It's just completely different.
3: You made a comment earlier that it's not like you don't like your stepdaughter. You don't love her. You do love her. And for me, also, nachoing was a mix. It was out of frustration, anger. um, Basically, I was giving up. You know, that was my last ditch effort to save my marriage. But it was out of love for my husband. And it's not that I wanted his stepkid or his kids to never come over here. I just did not like how things felt. Like you said, that tension. Right mm-hmm. when they walked in the door, it was just, you could cut it with a knife. It was crazy. And then almost instantaneously, when I started nachoing, things changed. And it's like the weight of the world was lifted off the house.
0: hundred percent. I mean, he made that comment all the time. Like you just said, when the kids walk in the door, the tension, I would start getting panic attacks driving down the road to my house of what am I going to walk into? What's going to be the situation? And once I got over that, I walk in the house and he later, and he'd say this daily, why are you so mad? Every day you walk in, you're just so mad. And I was, and then I started not chewing, and I don't have anxiety driving him home anymore. I can walk into the house with a smile on my face, mostly because my dog is there and I know someone's going to be happy to see me because I already have my two fighting kids in the back. Mm -hmm. But my dog's going to come running to me, super happy to see me. So I have something positive to, I know for sure every day is going to be there.
3: I remember when things were so bad, I hated coming home. I hated Mm -hmm. it. And the only good thing for me was my son. And the bad thing about that was, is my son was so young that, you know, the kids could be mean to him one day and the next day he was over it and he wanted to go play with them. Yeah. I didn't want him to like them either. <laughs> <laughs> be like, look, you know, these these kids, they were mean to you yesterday. They're mean to me every day. You know, I never said that, but that's, that's how I felt was, it's almost like um, when I was not showing, I, I gave up time with my son also. Because he wanted to hang out with the brothers, as he called them. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, it wasn't all the time because at that point in time, we had the kids 50-50. But it's funny because, you know, my son went from having four brothers here one week to being an only child the next week. I'm sure he just loved it, though. Which side of it, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, I think it's good both ways because he wasn't an only child all the time. Because I know that that's hard on a kid. But... And then I guess it would get lonely when you know, you're know you used to having them and then, oh, they're gone. Yeah.
3: Well, and, you know, it's like there was an adjustment period when they came. It took probably two days to adjust to them being back. And then when they left, it took two days to adjust to them being gone. Mm-hmm. It's like a little roller coaster for everybody.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we had that even when stepdaughter was going to the couple-hour visitation with her mom over the summer. She would come back and which just I don't know what would happen in that two hours, but she would just come back all, you know, attitude and rude and disrespectful. And dad and I are looking at her like, what are you doing? You're back at home. And I mean, that was only two hours. So I can't imagine if we ever get to the point of her being gone every other weekend, how hard that's going to be.
3: Yeah, it's hard, especially when the houses are so different. So, for example, if we had or if David had chores for his kids or expectations of certain grades or bedtimes, and then at mom's, it was kind of a free for all. Well, then it made us look like or made David look like drill sergeants. Yes. Or like a drill sergeant, because um, I had an ochoed year two is when everything just kind of blew up. And that's when I just had to step back. But they still would make comments to their dad about, well, at mom's, we don't have to do that. Well, you ain't at your mama's. That's what he would say is you're not at your exactly. Mama's. Yeah. And he would even tell them, look, I'm trying to get you to be productive adults. And I'm trying to teach you things that you need to know. Now, you grew up in a blended family too, right?
0: Yes, I did. That's an even stranger story there.
3: All right. So tell us about that.
0: My bio dad died when I was 10 years old. And from what I remember, my stepdad was there like right after. And I was daddy's little girl, so I was totally not having this other man come in and be telling me anything.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And my parents had divorced, so we did the you know visits back and forth, not very much before he had passed, um, but I just remember my stepdad, him being retired highway patrol, just total different, raising us than my mom was. You know, at that time, she was a single working mom, you know, was very, very active. And, you know, we did a whole lot of things. We, it wasn't hard. Like She never made it seem like it was hard being a single mom. Me mm-hmm. being, I've been a single mom and that damn is hard. <laughs> so he came in with all these rules and, you know, things had to be done a certain way. And, but he didn't really tell us anything. He would be telling my mom. And so she would come back to us. Nope, you can't go out this week because you didn't do your chores. Well, that's never been a consequence. What? Mm -hmm. And so I ended up moving out when I was 13 and moved in with my grandma because I just couldn't handle all his rules and everything else. And now I look at my older sister and my two younger sisters. They are completely different than I am. And I feel had I stayed, probably would have had a more stable teenage, young adult life than I did. And Literally yesterday, I was over there telling him, thank you for not ever giving up on me because I know I was a pain, but I see everything that you were telling us growing up. I mean, especially with my stepdaughter being at the same age, she was 10 when I came to the picture. I was 10 when my stepdad came to the picture. So I see how, like, I understand how she's feeling about it all Mm -hmm. because I had my bio dad, just like she had her bio mom. And so I try to put myself back to, you know, that age feeling, those things when her and I are getting into it about something or her and dad are getting into it where I'm like, hey, dad, you got to calm down a little bit because you're being too much. Right. I mean, there's times where I stand up for her and he's looking at me sideways like, what are you doing? You're you're supposed to be on my side. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I'm trying to parent for
3: once in my life and you're not letting me.
0: (laughs) Right. That's exactly what it is. But I've told him since the day that I met him, I will always stand up for any kid. In my mind, children, in my life, I will always look out for their best interests above and beyond anything else. Right. That's just how I am. I mean, there's been other things with other family, like nieces and nephews in his family where I've stood up for them, where I'm getting looked at sideways. But that's just the kind of person I am.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Every kid I know, they all know they can come to me for anything.
3: Yeah. You're like the neighborhood mom, aren't you?
0: Oh, I totally am to to everybody. But going back to the blended family life, it was hard. But being an adult now, I look back and I think my dad, I call him my dad now, but my stepdad, I think that he nachoed a lot of things. But I think that there was separate conversations that were had. But my mom didn't always necessarily agree with him, but they never, they always presented a united front to us. And I think That is what was huge that I realize now because in my current relationship, we're not always a united front in front of stepdaughter.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: We weren't. We're doing a lot better about it now. But I see the difference in the kid's reaction when you're not a united front compared to when you are.
3: So you said you went to live with your grandmother or your grandparents?
0: Yeah, my grandmother, yes. And
3: did you go visit
0: your mom after that or... No, I was pretty much exiled from the family for years. Really, my grandma would go up for Christmas and stuff. I didn't. I wasn't allowed to go because my stepdad didn't want me there. I made the choice to leave the house, leave the family, so I wasn't welcome. How did your mom feel about that? They're not honest about it. They act like that's not how it was, and that's not what that I that I wasn't not welcome. That's they always say that that's not how it was. That's absolutely how it felt. Um, <clears throat> I went and lived with some friends after living with my grandma and my mom would have to like sneak off to come have lunch with me. So it absolutely validates that. Yeah. I was not welcome at that house.
3: Yeah. Cause in his mind you left and you're not coming back. Don't come back here at Christmas and think you're going to get gifts and hang out with the family that you didn't want anything to do with.
0: Yes. And I think it was a lot more of now that I'm older that he was hurt and that's why he didn't want me around. Right, Like I hurt his feelings by leaving. Now you said you have two sisters? I have three. I have two sisters and then my half-sister, but that's my sister. Right. Uh, my older sister, we're 18 months apart. Um, she's always been a favorite. Nobody will admit it, but she was the perfect straight A, got the college scholarship and everything. Um, then she turned 18 her senior year and I don't know a flip just switched and she started wiling out and doing all kinds of crazy things. And you would never guess that because she is totally the best mom I've ever met. Got her whole life together. I mean, everything, great husband, all of that. And where she started off, you know, from 18, you wouldn't expect her going down that path at all. Um, right. She was on drugs. Uh, we met up and she said, oh, I just found out I'm pregnant. And I'm like looking at her stomach. You just found out what? And her boyfriend at the time, he was a drug dealer. So she was doing drugs. And I took her. We were at my friend's house. And I said, hey, let's go for a ride. It was A couple blocks away from my parents' house. And I put a blindfold on her and told her how to surprise. And I walked her into the house. And I said, dad, you have a situation to deal with. She is pregnant and on drugs. And you need to get her away from her boyfriend. and i walked out oh
3: girl how'd that go
0: i don't know how it went down because i wasn't there but (laughs) she moved back into the house and you know they got her sober and helped her raise my niece who's freaking fabulous um but i mean that was the only like mess up she ever had in her life and ever since then she's just been on the straight and narrow and it's funny everybody jokes about this so I was dating this guy and I took him out for his birthday and I like Facebook stalked his friends and invited them. So it was like a surprise kind of thing. And I tried to get my older sister to go and she's so straight and narrow. Nope, nope. I'm not going out and drinking on a Thursday. I have work tomorrow. (laughs) So I had to go by myself and I didn't know any of these other people. So I felt very uncomfortable. And so we went and this guy walked up and he started talking and the guy was with at the time said, Hey, how's your mom? And he said, Oh, my mom. Now I was like, he's British. And I called my sister and I told her, I just met your future husband. And not even kidding, they're married and they have a boy and they've been married they're seven years now. Wow. Then my younger sister, <laughs> she was living with me when I was dating that toxic guy. And I met one of his friends who had little girls. And so we became good friends. I mean, even after me and that guy broke up, but he came over um, for my daughter's birthday, and I talking to him. He is a single dad raising his three girls, and they all obviously have girl names, but he calls them all boy names and just pretends they're boys. <laughs> and they, they totally act like it too. It's really funny. But I told called her and I said, "You need to get your butt home to this birthday party because I just met your future husband. They are now engaged." Girl,
3: you're like Cupid or something.
0: <laughs> and everybody laughs. Well, how come you're not married? And I said, "I'm just waiting." Waiting to be asked.
3: Okay, so your youngest sister is engaged. She's got two kids?
0: She has no biological kids. Okay. She jumped into being a stepmom of three girls. Ooh,
3: Does she know about Nacho?
0: <laughs> oh, no. There are times where I'm so jealous of that relationship. They just jumped into it, and we've been talking a lot more about it because she's real quiet about her home life. Mm -hmm. But we've been talking about it a lot more about how they have navigated through certain situations and he does not correct her about how she does anything. She cooks and she does homework with the kids and makes them do chores. And while you guys are eating, I'm going to go and check that you do your chores. And oh, you didn't finish your dinner. You don't get dessert, but your sisters do. And he doesn't say anything about it. And if he has an issue with it, you know, they'll go outside and talk about it. And she's like, look, you told me you needed your kids to have a mom. I'm being a mom. You're not going to sit here and knock me about it. Either I'm in or I'm out. So
3: is their mom out of the picture?
0: No, they're on every other week. But okay. it's at their mom's house. It's a complete free for all. And I mean, she's recovering addict, quote unquote, in and out from what we hear. Right.
3: But yeah, that's your sister's right. And that's where the problem comes in. It's, it's fine if you want to parent those stepkids. But if it's causing issues with your significant other, you know, if, if the stepmom says, little Johnny, you've got to eat all your food or you don't get dessert. And dad goes, oh, it doesn't matter. And gives him dessert. That's where the problems come in.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess they made that rule. And the first time, the oldest one didn't finish it all. The other two did, and so they got dessert, and he said, oh, no, it's okay. And she said, oh, no, we made an agreement. We made a rule. We're sticking to the rule. And he said, okay, you're right.
3: Good. That's really good.
0: Yeah, so there are times where I'm like, man, you got it so much easier. But she said, no, it's not that. I have to sit down and communicate my feelings and everything with him, which I'm not good about doing. And I think that's where we kind of have an issue in my relationship My boyfriend, he don't talk about feelings Mm -hmm. at all, any kind whatsoever. And so I think when I'm trying to, you know, explain things to him, he doesn't understand. Like he, if it's about stepdaughter, he immediately gets defensive. And then be open to what I'm saying.
3: Mm -mm. No, because that parent blinders pop up and all he hears is you're being mean to my kid. He doesn't, I mean, she could steal something from a store right in front of you and he's going to be like that's not what happened. Oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> they don't see it that way. And you, you you know, you've got two kids too, but it is different because your youngest doesn't know her dad and your oldest is there the majority of the time and you don't you don't seem to have that guilty parent syndrome.
0: No. And so it took me finding out about Nacho and then listening to podcasts and reading and stuff. And I've read, you know, the guilty dad books and I've read a whole bunch of stuff that I feel that I'm a lot more knowledgeable and open to understanding it rather than making excuses and just getting frustrated with him about it all the time.
3: Right. And it does not mean that he is weak or that he's a pushover for his kids. Um, we had our Q and a call last night in the Nacho kids Academy And I was telling somebody, I said, it's like the devil angel on your shoulder and or the parent and guilty parent will do that way. And the parent of you is saying, I need to discipline my daughter for acting out. And then the guilty parent kicks in and says, but her mom's an addict and she can't see her. And she has went through all of this. And so it's conflicting feelings. It's easier to give in to that guilt than it is to buck up and be the parent. And girl, I'm going to tell you. I have guilty parent syndrome too. I do. And my son only goes to his dad's every other weekend and a week at Christmas, um, a week in June, week in July, week in August. So, um, but before he goes to his dad's or right when he comes back, I don't want to fuss at him, you know? Right. And you don't want to be the bad parent or the strict parent and then him come home one day and go, well, I want to live with my dad because that is a bio parent's worst fear.
0: Oh, yeah. We've heard that in our house.
3: Yeah. It's like even with my parents, they were married and together, but I played them against each other. You knew Mm -hmm. not to go ask mama something because she always said no.
0: And I feel that's how stepdaughter is. She always tries to ask him little questions that I can't hear. And it took him having to go to counseling with her a couple of times where the counselor's like, Dad, you're the dad. You have a girlfriend. And then the whole mini wife. Came up and he's like, What is this? And it was an eye opener for him. So now he's a lot more aware of, Well, Megan and I need to talk about this, or let's go talk to Megan about this instead of, you know, coming over here and having side conversation Because, but she does that because she knows I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. But it's because 90% of the time the things you're trying to do, you shouldn't be doing at your young age. Right. And I said, You know, there's something things that have happened recently. Now, he's a whole lot of, wow, all those things that you've been saying, you are 100% right. No, you haven't raised a daughter this old, but maybe you were one. He asked mm-hmm. me, That's his thing all the time. You've never raised an 11-year-old daughter, but I literally was one.
3: Right. You said he's kind of laid back and stuff. Does he ever say anything negative about your kids and it upset you?
0: No. He just tells me that I'm not on them enough. I'm not is worried about the things that they do as I am about stepdaughter. But my kids aren't trying to go to friends' houses and trying to go places yet. They're they're at home. There's not a whole lot I need to be fussing on them about.
3: Right. But I do wonder when your kids get a little bit older if you're going to have the same thought process because it's easier for us to look at the stepkids and see what they're doing wrong. You know, it's like if you go to, go out to eat and your kid's sitting there acting up, yeah, it's going to annoy you. But if the guy behind you or the family behind you, if their kid's acting up, it's going to drive you insane because they're not your kids.
0: Oh, um, It'll drive me crazy either way. Yeah. Well, me too. But yeah. <laughs> we hardly go out to eat for that reason because I don't know why, but they can sit at home at the dinner table and eat just fine. But we go out to public and it's like a circus. I don't understand. But, I mean, I hear what you're saying because he literally was asking me this last night. And I said, as much as I'm on her, I'm going to be on them because I was the kid that left home because I didn't like the rules and
1: mm-hmm. went and lived with
0: grandma where there was no rules. And I made a lot of bad choices. Mm-hmm. And we have girls. You have to worry about, you know, them getting pregnant and being put in bad situations and then high school and they go to parties, you know, drinking and getting drugged up. Like, I, no, I'm aware of all of that, and I know he did his stuff when he was a teenager, but for me being a female, I'm a lot more protective because we have girls. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that once they go through it, you can't take it back.
3: Well, we need to make a note and put on the calendar that you need to come back and be a guest in, what, four years when your <laughs> bio daughter nine is 13? Yes. Because, and the only reason I'm saying this is a lot of things that I said to David about his kids, now that my son is reaching that age, girl, foot and mouth. I'm telling you, it (laughs) has bit me in the butt. And even simple stuff like, well, I probably shouldn't tell everybody this because they'll probably give me a hard time. But up until recently, my son, I fixed his breakfast, whether it was cereal or waffles or toaster strudels or whatever, but... I think when he was turned 14, we decided I had to stop doing that. Um, but, but when David's kids were Jackson's age and David would fix their breakfast or the grandma would, I'd be like, they can fix their own breakfast. So David made a point to make sure that when I would fix Jackson's breakfast, he'd be like, mm mm-hmm,
4: yep. I think
0: that's so funny. I don't say it to him because he says it himself, which I think it, so it makes me laugh. But I my girls. Is- Sometimes I fix their plate depending on what it is. But a lot of the time it's like, nope, here it is. You know, go get it. It's on the counter. But he'll do her plate or he'll make her something different or he'll do, he's doing something for her. He's like, you're old enough to be doing this. Why am I doing it? As he's continuing doing it instead of stopping and having her finish. So he's realizing it, but it just makes me laugh because I'm sitting there staring at him. You're really making your daughter a plate of spaghetti. Like she can't Mm -hmm. pull out the noodles and put the sauce on but he's sitting there complaining about it as he's doing it. So it just makes me laugh. At least he's aware of it. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
3: I don't know if it's because, you know, I only have one child. So I guess I'm wanting to keep my baby a baby as long as I can. But I saw how that worked out with my mom and my dad treating my little sister that way. And I hope she never listens to this podcast, but (laughs) she's 40. She'll be 40. Oh, she just turned 41. Yeah. She just turned 41, and she still lives with my dad, even though she's been married like 11 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She has never paid her car insurance, her phone bill. She didn't even know a car had to have insurance. (laughs) And what's funny about that is this girl, she is a genius. She is so smart. But when it comes to life skills, they never made her do that.
0: And that's what I'm worried about is going to happen with stepdaughters life skills,
3: But they'll figure it out. She'll figure it out. Um, I was worried about David's kids, especially one of them, not having those life skills or whatever. And girl, he's doing great. He's doing great. So, you know, a lot of times we worry for nothing. It's, um we talk about it in the academy a lot, the automatic negative thinking. And it's the fortune telling aunt of, oh my gosh, you're not teaching her to do this. So she's going to be twenty five, living at home, working at McDonalds, part time, and mooching off us for the rest of our life. And it's easy for us to see that, but that isn't what always happens. Right. Yeah.
0: And I did have that negative thinking a lot and I I listened to some book, I can't remember what it was, but it was an audio book about positive thinking. And that really just changed a lot for me. A lot with my bio kids because I would be so frustrated with him or stepdaughter. But I can't yell at stepdaughter, so I'm taking it out on my kids, mm-hmm. you know, the littlest thing that they're doing. And my day starts, like, it just starting off negatively because my youngest, I have to go and wake her up three times. That's not her fault, you know. I can't yell at her about it. It's not that serious. Right. That's not something that's going to matter six months from now because she didn't wake up today on the first time I woke her up.
3: Right. Well, Megan, it has been great having you as a guest on the podcast. And I'm serious, girl. Four years. Mark it All down. All right.
0: Looking forward to it.
3: I want to see what's happening with your bio daughter and see if uh, you're strict on her or if you've caved a little bit.
0: I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to have to worry so much with her. She doesn't, she's not really a social butterfly like the oldest. Like stepdaughter? Yeah, and I was social butterfly. I'm more worried about her turning 18 and flipping the switch like my sister did.
3: Oh, wait a minute. It's bio daughter seven that's a force to be reckoned with. So in six years.
0: (laughs) No, 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 my nine-year-old. Oh, she's the force to be reckoned with? Yeah, I'm worried about her flipping her switch at 18.
3: Uh Oh, yeah, we're going to have to talk again.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, and you have a great day. You too.
3: Man, I got a lot to say about this one. You've already said a lot. No, I got a lot more to say. Okay, here we go. You know, this whole court system, (laughs) the family court system, drives me batty. Batty. The bio mom goes up there, claims to be clean. The judge's son was an addict, so the judge starts giving the bio mom advice and Pamphlets and how proud she is for her to be clean. Now, keep in mind while all this is going on, the other bio parent in the court case is paying their attorney to sit there and listen to this crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. But anyway, I am so very thankful that when they had to go back to court after the mom kept failing the drug test, mm-hmm. they got the same judge. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe that judge learned something from this.
2: Yeah. I would have took her pamphlets back.
3: (laughs) Did you bring those pamphlets, ma'am? I would have been needing those back. Okay. As stepmom Megan said, it took her about two years to find her role in the blend. That happens. Yep. You can't find that role straight off the bat because that role is going to be dependent upon your significant other, your stepkids, the relationship the stepkids have with the bio mom, there's just so much to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about how nachoing is fluid. Like with stepmom Megan, she had started re engaging, but she had to start nachoing again. Yep. It changes, folks. But nachoing is definitely one of the best tools that you can have in your tool
2: belt. Sure enough.
3: Or your, what do you call them? Toolbox. I said tool belt.
2: They can have tool belt. Tool belt. They can have two
3: bail or two box,
2: two box, two bail. Don't 81. matter. You can have a whole gum thing of tools, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and then, with Megan's own bio kids, the stepmom to her bio kids was pushing her ex to get custody of his kid. That's never good. Mm-hmm. And in Megan's own experience and being in a blend, you know, the stepdad gave Megan's mom instructions. To give the kids consequences. So Megan moved in with her grandma. <laughs> when she was 13. Wow. And after she moved in with grandma, she wasn't allowed to go back to the house. Because she had really made her stepdad and her mom mad. But here's the kicker. As y'all heard, Megan now understands that her stepdad was doing that because he cared. Oh. Yes.
2: Ain't that sweet?
3: So Megan got a whole bunch of mess going on. hmm She's been through a lot. She's been in this blend three years. She's
2: doing good. I wonder if she'll get some for Stepmother's Day.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I should just take out a ad on Facebook and you know wish all the stepmothers happy Stepmother's Day next week. You no, could. I'm not. You make yourself happy. Do y'all not remember the first part of this? I was going to
2: say you could, but it wouldn't do any good.
3: No, it wouldn't. David, I know you weren't part of this conversation with Megan, but I think it's funny that, or not funny, but ironic, That she's the second guest that we've had that did not realize their significant other was an alcoholic until they got into the marriage.
2: Hmm. Let's think about that.
3: No, she did not cause him to drink, (laughs)
2: like you said to that other lady. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) Why do you always think that these people make their significant others
2: drink? I didn't say that. I was just making a scientific... Hypothesis based on the fact that there is no alcohol before
3: no, 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 there was alcohol before, but it was just
2: oh, he hid it very well, yeah, oh okay, well, that's different, yeah, so that's different, yeah, so why would he hide it before maybe he was recovering before, and he and she made him slip out of recovery?
3: Yeah, I need to get one of them little violins
2: that sounds bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> tell. I thought you stepped on a cat or something.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know how to do a violin. <laughs>
2: That's how it sounds when you play one.
3: <laughs> I know how to do a fiddle.
2: <sighs> oh, gosh. The All devil right. went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul steel. That is not how a fiddle sounds. <laughs> All mm-hmm. right. Are you done? <laughs> You in are. my
3: head, I can hear the fiddle.
2: I'm sure you can. In your head, you hear a lot of stuff. I know. You have I hear think. a lot in my yeah. head. You got a completely whole world going on up there that's weird. David. What?
3: Why are you being mean?
2: I'm not being mean. I'm being observant.
3: No. Maybe maybe I'm not weird. Maybe you're just normal. weird. No, you are not normal.
2: How do you know? Because? Just because I'm... You know,
3: I've discovered something in life. There is no normal.
2: (laughs) There is normal. There is not normal. Who is
3: it to decide what's
2: normal? Every person has their own normal. Okay. Because what is normal for you is not normal for me.
3: So every person has their own normal, and every person outside of that person views that person as not normal. Correct. Or abnormal. Correct. I got it.
2: So all you people out there, you abnormal. But you're also normal. <laughs> Depends on who you ask.
3: <laughs> you're normal to yourself, but abnormal to anybody else.
2: Yep. That is true. And if you think that you are abnormal, that means you're socially unacceptable. No. Yeah, because if you think you're normal and you're abnormal to others.
3: No, you said you. if you think you're abnormal.
2: Right. Follow me here.
3: Okay. Okay. Hang on.
2: If you think you're normal.
3: No, you said you started off listen, said if you think listen, you're abnormal.
2: Listen. If you think you're normal and other people think you're abnormal, mm-hmm. then if you think you're abnormal, then that must make you socially unacceptable. Because you're compl- way off the charts abnormal. If you think you're abnormal, and other people think you're just off the charts abnormal. What is this? I don't know, but you made, me, you made me go through this whole thing to explain something to every other listener got it the first time.
3: They didn't get it either.
2: So that makes you abnormal because you can't listen.
3: If you didn't understand what he said, go to davidhaters.com.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, y'all, we really need to see if that's a website. <laughs> all all right. right. No, don't spend your time going to davidheaders.com. Spend your time sending in a video and applying for the scholarship so you can get to the academy. Mm-hmm. And Then we can have all kinds of discussions in the academy. Yes. But get your free academy membership, potentially, if your name is drawn, because you entered into a scholarship program. So do it today.
3: And we know a lot of people don't like to do video. That's okay.
2: Yeah, do a video of your dog and yeah. make make it like he's talking.
3: I need some help.
2: Yeah. Please,
3: let me in the academy. Or <laughs> Hey, do a sock puppet. Yeah, there you go. Just because we say video doesn't mean it's got to be of your mug. That is true. There we go.
2: Do something. Yeah. Be creative. Yeah. So, But nobody's going to see the video. We're not using it in marketing and all this other mess. Nobody's going to see it.
3: But um, us and Sylvia.
2: Right. Us and Sylvia. Um, that's it. And then it goes away. It gets deleted forever and ever.
3: Unless it's really good. Then we might contact you to see if we can put it on America's Funniest Home Videos. I'm kidding. That show's kidding. too long. I think so. Anyway, all right.
2: I ain't going to go down that rabbit hole. All right. Are we done? I think so, David. All right. Good. I don't
3: want to get off here because I don't have anybody to talk to anymore.
2: I know. Well, you need to go, I guess, on Amazon and find out all the stuff that you're going to demand I buy for you for Mother's Day and Stepmother's Day. There's
3: a difference in expecting and demanding.
2: It's the same thing. When you say, I expect you to do X, Y, Z, then you've just demanded I do it.
3: Nope. That's how you interpreted it. That's how interpreted it.
2: it did you say interpreted Did did?
3: <laughs> I said interpreted it. <laughs> <laughs> and what's so scary is it came out normal for me to say it that way.
2: Yeah. Which makes you abnormal. Oh, my gosh. All right, folks. That is our show for today. So make sure that you have a great Mother's Day, Stepmother's Day. Bring it on yourself. To have a good time. And
3: one last time from Nacho Kids, we wish you a very, very, very happy Mother's Day because we know that you will make it a happy day yourself.
2: Absolutely. And if nothing else, help the kids buy their mom something. David, no. (laughs) Don't go there. Uh, Spend all your hard time and money Uh, to put together something fantastic for your um, step kids mom, because she's so amazing that she gave up her <laughs> baby daddy for you to have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, join us next week when you hear Lori say, Lord help me, I can't take this no more. She says that every day. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. Remember, life is good when you nacho.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.